story number one. British Intelligence, Russian Blood and American Steel. Written by Panguiotator. When humanity was first discovered by the Confederation, there was though a tiny hunk of metal hurling through the major hyperway, knocking a shipping cruiser off course and delaying the delivery of some 1,500 toaster ovens and two holodisks, as well as obliterating half of an asteroid belt. Amazingly, the tiny hunks of metal stayed in a cohesive enough mass that an intern at the Galaxy Transport Authority was able to reconstruct it with the molecular assembler. This was a major accomplishment, and the GTA was quite proud to announce the recovery of Voyager 1. The intern remained unpaid. It was quite unusual for a new sapient species to be discovered before it had achieved hyperspace travel. In fact, this was a one-in-a-billion occurrence, as there were better things to do than scour every star system in the galaxy for life. However, humanity seemed to be unusual as a rule. They were a combative bunch. The planet that they called home was filled with a savage flora and fauna, and earthquakes and volcanic eruptions seemed normal to them. Their atmosphere contained significantly less oxygen than other worlds, Yet, they were one of the largest of the sapient races. Preliminary reports showed that they were excessively violent, and had only stopped major conflicts because of two superpowers were busy aiming astonishingly large amount of weapons at each other in a morbid game of chicken. They seemed to glorify war. Their largest conflict was almost proudly referred to as one through British intelligence, Russian blood, and American steel. How they had banded together to send the hopeful message that was contained in Voyager 1 was a great mystery to most experts. That is, until the Council decided to make first contact. Initially, relations were very amicable. The humans quickly organized a world government behind their already existing United Nations, and rapidly caught up in technology and science, applying what had taken other species centuries to discover in just a couple decades. They settled the planets in their star system, as was their right, and opened up a very profitable trade with the rest of the planets. Human culture was fascinating, and the xenopologists pried deeper into the history. The more it became apparent that they were a very different species. One large line of questioning was that their Second World War. When a human historian was asked how they had done such a terrible things to one another, he simply chuckled and replied, British intelligence, Russian blood, and American steel. This nonsensical answer quickly spread as a meme, and it was popular opinion that the humans were dumber than the Creatons. This was generally incorrect, and would be evidenced later. After some time, the Custalia decided that it was time to impose some power of the United Nations. As the most naturally aggressive sapiens, the Custalia were the final word of military might of the Confederacy. Most battles were fought by trading blows until one side had lost 10-15% to 15 of their force, in which it was the obvious move to surrender. However, the Quastadia would often wait until 20% of their forces had been incapacitated before doing so. This was unheard of, and the Quastadia had quickly become the largest power in the Confederacy, holding 50% of the votes. They utilized these votes to embargo the humans, threatening to cut them out of the Confederation unless they acquiesced to the demands of the Quistalia. Some of these demands included setting up Quistalia bases on each human world, 
and complete Quistalia control over Pluto. These were the same kind of restrictions imposed on other sapient worlds, and it was assumed that any newcomer would happily accept military protection for the cost of one or two of their planets. The humans were anything but happy. Angered, the human delegates went on a rampage about freedoms and rights, which was then arrogantly met with Custalia alluding to war. Hearing this, the humans fell silent. It was assumed to be a chagrin. However, when he finally spoke, it was simply met with five words, Sivus Passum Parabellum. This seemed to even be more inane than British intelligence, Russian blood, and American steel, as it wasn't even a living language, and the video of the incident became another meme. Most believed the human had lost his mind, and Parabellum became one of the most quoted phrases of all times. The Costalia laughed and sent their indomitable fleet to Pluto. Once they reached Pluto, they realized that the humans were, in fact, insane, but not in the way that they had realized. Their fleet had met with a terrifying lesson in superior firepower, being not only outnumbered three to one, but also outgunned by weapons never before seen in the galaxy. Their every move seemed to have been anticipated, and the humans seemed to have no concept of surrender. Cannons that tore the very fabric of space-time sheared open battle cruisers, and ships that normally retreat due to damage simply fought on, sometimes even sacrificing themselves. The Quistali retreated to their main star systems, only to be followed by the humans. Energy blasts lit up the galaxy, and the blinding streak of a human ship's hypercannon became as frequent as a number of stars in the sky. The humans' military was larger than anything seen before, the tactics of espionage more advanced than the best Quistalia generals, and their willingness to fight outmatched their fear of death. They dominated in all aspects of the battlefield. They invented other forms of fighting. Never before had sapiens ever engaged in hand-to-hand -hand combat, as it would have already clear who was the victor at that point. But the humans routinely boarded enemy ships and routed the crew, even when fighting over planets. Rather than waiting for details to be hashed out over treaties, the humans simply took the planet. Once the dust settled, the Costalia would one system civilization, with the rest of the population and territories simply folded into the United Nations. Once peace was established, xenopologists decided to take a closer look at the human saying that they had once considered insane. The Great War, as it was already being called, shed a chilling light on these phrases. Civisum passum parabellum meant, if you desire peace, prepare for war. It was not an insane ramblings of a broken man, but rather a cold-blooded warning of a civilization forged in the flames of battle. British intelligence, Russian blood, and American steel was not an ill-informed response to a philosophical query, but rather a bittersweet biting remark as to how wars were truly waged. Something that the Gustalia had gotten a taste of. These lessons had been expensive to learn, and no one, no one, was going to forget them any time soon. End of story number one. Story number two. Humans are, written by Binti Hunter Mister. Humans are, humans are strange. We found humans on an evacuation mission from the Votoxian Scourge, whom has claimed many of our systems already. 
They live on a single temperate terrestrial planet, orbiting a yellow dwarf. We took pity on them and delivered several light engines in hopes that they could build ships and escape. They were quite weird from first contact. Some wanted to worship us as gods. A few didn't care much for our presence, and a couple wanted to dissect us. There were even those who wanted to, um, copulate with us. Needless to say that we experienced about the Votoxians and got out of there as fast as possible. We could only hope that they understood the message and made it out in time. Humans are competent. When we next saw the humans, they had built several void arcs. By the looks of them, it wasn't enough to save them all, and by the damage they had, only escaped by the skin of their teeth. We all felt their pain, though their faces that day had thanked us for the engines and warning. The humans resettled on another temperate terrestrial planet away from the front lines, refusing offerings of shelter, claiming they wanted a new place to call home. Their resettlement went well, and they were back to where they were when we found them. However, by then it was too late. A fire had been lit. Humans are stupid and spiteful. We had mostly left the humans alone, and they had colonized several planets now. We found them next on the front lines, several small groups of them. Out of a sense of duty, pity, and pride, we tried to keep them safe. But they were slaughtered like cattle. More of them showed up only to show the same results. They killed the Votoxian this time, however. We shipped the corpses back to them and show of solidarity and respect. They tore it apart and asked for more. We had never seen such a hatred before, and agreed provided they let us do the fighting from now on. We couldn't let them get eradicated like so many before. Humans are scary. Every time we delivered a corpse, they thanked us and did all manner of things to it, as though it were alive, like it was some kind of repentance ritual. We never thought they would break our pact and join the front again, but this time... It was the Voktoxians who suffered. The humans were not being idle as we thought. They had made weapons they called atomic rifles, uranium-powered projectile weapons capable of punching through any kinetic barriers that actually harming the incorporeal bodies of the Voktoxians that were such hassles. Until now, defending ourselves was a matter of knowing where to aim, luck and plasma turrets. However, this wasn't the scared us most, it was their reinforcements, a massive fleet of ships led by their, uh, void arcs. It was hard to tell, but they had been refitted for combat. In a matter of hours, the Vatoxian ships were in various forms of dysfunction, debris, or a pile of scrap. Humans are ferocious monsters. We had not yet witnessed the true blaze that had come from that earlier fire. That came over the next few years when we pushed back the Vortoxians and recovered the cradle of the world of humans, the clean of life that it once held. The humans were inconsolable for days. The memories of what the world once was played over and over on their vid screens. Days turned into weeks, and the morning continued. Then a Vortoxian fleet entered the system. We had never seen the humans so angry before. The fleet was debris field in a matter of minutes. Over the next few months of entering another brutal combat right after the last one ended, we reached the breach. The humans descended onto the breach like a beast at the prey and passed through it where we could not follow. 
Upon returning, they sent us a message saying, They will never return here again, along with several videos of unfamiliar planets being torn apart by their calls from explosions. We had never seen an entire planet being reduced to a floating rubble, let alone several. We did not show these videos to our people. Humans are strange. The humans had returned to their system after ending the war. We were not surprised when they contacted us. We were surprised when they invited us to the capital world, and surprised still when they thanked us for our part in the war, despite us not even doing that much. We did not see the blazing fire of hatred anymore. It had been replaced by the eclectic happiness. The humans held celebrations for days. There were humans who wanted to drink liquids with us, humans who wanted to eat, humans who still wanted to copulate with us. They honored us as war heroes for protecting them for so long. We hope that this will lead to a prosperous relationship with the humans. We already know what happens when we cross them. End of story.